What is your love story? One of the great parts about being a priest is because we don't have wives, we get invited into so many people's lives, and especially couples who are preparing for marriage. And it's wonderful to hear how, although in one way, all love stories are the same, right? It falls in love. They're all beautifully different and wonderfully unique. And so it's such a great and important part of our life to look back on our own love story and our love stories, right? It's not just limited to romantic love but the way in which we've been loved. I have five siblings, and my brother Peter and his wife Katie, they have probably the one that I find the most interesting of all of my siblings who are married's love stories. My sister-in-law Katie, uh, to say the least, could not stand my younger brother Peter when they first met. They were in the same group of friends. Her her friends were friends with my brother's friends, and my sister-in-law Katie actively avoided situations where my brother Peter would be because she disliked him that much. In fact, the only reason they even got together was because they, what my brother and his buddy and Katie and her friend, they were going to just meet up for drinks or something along those lines. And at the very last minute, the other two people pulled out, and they did not intend to set my brother and his now wife up on a date. And in fact, the only reason Katie went was my brother Peter explicitly agreed with her that this was not a date. Something must have happened because they've been married five years and their third child is on the way. But it's amazing though, right? Like their love story started with active dislike of my sister-in-law for my brother. But there was something there, something that enamored her, something that enamored him. And there's something beautiful about that. And there's, it's so important for us in our lives, and especially in our relationships, to go back to the beginning, to go back to the, those moments when we realize, yes, this is the person for me, or this is the friend for whom I have been searching. Even if we don't have romantic relationships in our life, obviously, I'm a celibate. I look back and I look at my best friend, and we've been best friends for over 20 years, and earlier this week, we were texting about all the silly movies we used to see during the summers in high school and in college. And what a wonderful gift that was. Our lives have gone in such different directions. We're still friends. We don't get to see each other as much, but we can go back to those moments where we established our friendship. And it makes even the sacrifices worthwhile to recognize that, yes, we may not be able to spend all that time together now, but when we are together, it's like those days. We can step right back into it. We can remember why we fell in love, why we chose this person, especially in a marriage, above anyone and everyone else. It enlivens and enriches us. It helps us through those moments of difficulty, of pain, of suffering, to know that, yes, this is difficult right now, but this is why I chose this person, and this person chose me, and why we're on this adventure together. But how often do you do this with God? What is your faith story? Can you point to moment, a moment or moments in your life where you knew God and you felt His presence? 
It's very easy for us in our Catholic worldview, in our Catholic life, to just be like, well, I was baptized, I went to Catholic school, I come to Mass, I made my first communion, I made a confirmation, and, you know, doggone it, I'm a Catholic. That's who I am. And that's beautiful in one way, like, you know, perseverance and all of that, but, like, God desires to be in relationship with us. St. Paul tells us, for, um, St. Paul tells us, um, do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord. There's something beautiful in your relationship, in your faith journey with the Lord. And not only does he want you to reflect upon that, to go back to those moments in your life, and maybe now is one of them, I have no idea, where God is touching your heart and you knew his love. And not only to reflect upon that, but to share it with the world. St. Paul says, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, He gave us the gift and the grace of the Holy Spirit so that we could know Him intimately, be united with Him substantially, and share Him with the world. But we have to go back to those moments again and again and again where we have known God's love to help us through those moments of doubt, of difficulty, and of pain. There are many moments in my life as a religious, as a priest, and as a pastor where I think to myself, this is too much. You know, how do we lead? How do we bring Jesus to a campus that so often is so far from the Lord or actively rejecting it? How do we do something as mundane as get a new carpet or new flooring in this church? God, it needs to be repaired. But I know that's going to cost thousands and thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. All of those things, and you name it, everywhere in between. How am I going to be a pastor when I'm still a sinner? These things weigh down upon me, and they weigh down upon you, too, in different ways. And we go back, though, and I look back at those times in my life where God shined his face upon me. Those times I went to confession, and I was totally broken, totally immersed in a life of sin, and God said, I absolve you of your sins. Those times in my life where I've just been feeling alone and isolated and not know what to do, And God said to me in the silence and the stillness of my heart, I love you, you are mine. When we have those moments, when we go back to those, it helps us keep a positive, hope-filled disposition toward what is in front of us, but to also do impossible things. Jesus says, if you have faith, we all know the different versions of the story, but in Luke's gospel, he says, if you have faith, you can say to that mulberry tree, this tree that is deeply immersed and impossible to uproot, move, and it will move. So too in our own life, he says to us today, if there's a sin in your life that you feel like you cannot overcome with faith, I will overcome that and remove that from your life. Is there a relationship in your life that is hurting, that is broken, that needs healing? Jesus is saying to you, if you have faith, if you trust, if you allow yourself to be won over by me, if you deepen your relationship with me, I will help you in that relationship to bring it new life, to help you heal, to help you overcome maybe some divisions that you've had for a couple of weeks or maybe even decades. The impossible is possible for God always and for us through faith. In a wonderful book I read a few months ago called The Spark of Faith, the papal theologian, Dominican father Wojciech Giertek, 
writes about how so often it's easy. He wrote this book for the year of faith about 10 years ago. But he says in this book, it's so easy for us to look at our faith as some sort of abstract construct. Yes, I believe in God. I believe that bread becomes God in the Eucharist. Those are highfalutin big things in many ways. But he encourages the reader in that book to look to those moments where the spark of faith lit in our life. That moment where we didn't know what was going on, but we felt loved, treasured, that something greater was there. Because that spark, that little piece of faith, that little piece of his very self that God puts in our hearts is himself, is the Holy Spirit. And it's enough to light our lives on fire. If we but have faith. And so faith then impels us not just to sit, but to take everything we have again and again and again to God. To take your wounds, to take your successes, to take your hopes, to take your joys, to take your losses. Take all of that to God. And let Him burn off those areas of your life that need to go. And to enrich those areas of your life that He desires to deepen. And this is why prayer is so important for us. So that we can talk to God, listen to God, and watch Him work His beautiful, wonderful grace in the garden of our heart. The gardens that are often filled with weeds, that are overrun, that are dry, and yet He comes and He tills the soil. He waters our hearts with His love and He brings forth something more beautiful than we could ever imagine. If you have faith.